Welcome to the show. Great to have you. Looking forward to having you back for more. My regular listeners, you know, I, I got to tell you, I got to, as, as always, I get right into it. And if you're a regular listener to the show, I'm talking about back in 2020, when this show actually started going strong, four years going strong. All right. You remember when I had the legendary, the great Mr. Akeem Hebron on this very podcast, it was episode 28 titled right now this is probably episode 400 and something but episode 28 it was it's titled from linebacker to fatherhood it was myself and the legendary Akeem Hebron on the show and if if I'm not mistaken I'm not saying this to you know to toot my own horn or to promote the podcast any more than I already do but if I'm not mistaken unless it's something that I don't know about it ended up sadly unfortunately it, it might be the last time he's been interviewed or had a live interview of any sort. Again, I may be wrong when I say that, but I know I personally, uh, me personally, I haven't heard him. That was the last conversation that I personally had with him because unfortunately, unfortunately, as of this recording, we I found out the news broke yesterday. I'm recording this on July 10th, 2023. And the news came out yesterday on July 9th, 2023, that, uh, uh, excuse me, Akeem Hebron, it, it's so tough to actually have to verbalize it and say it. It's, uh, it's very, very tragic loss. And what's even more tragic is the fact that I, I couldn't read, I don't know what happened. You know, it doesn't seem like anybody knows exactly what happened or how it happened, but unexpectedly, the, the, the legend that we all know is Akeem Hebron passed away, leaving behind two boys, leaving behind a mother, you know, tons of teammates like myself who admire him and look up to him and looked at, looked at him as a source of inspiration. You know, he, it, it got said not only by myself, but by every single person that spent maybe spent maybe five minutes around him would say that he was a much as great as a player he, as he was, he was a much better person than he was a player. Say it again. He was a much better person than he was a player. I mean, just to give you some perspective on that, you know, this this show that is now at, you know, over 400 episodes, probably approaching 500 episodes as of this, once this recording comes out, back when it was in 28, you know, he's, he's on episode 28. And it was because he reached out to me. He reached out to me and offered his support by being on the show, all right? And that's the kind of person he was. This little-known show called the Move Swiftly Podcast that was only at 28 episodes, 
he reached out and, you know, again, he was talking about a game that I was talking about, you know, at that time. And he reached out and tried to check me on some of my stats and all that kind of stuff, you know, as he always is. And I'm going to get into a little bit about how we, how we would compete in some, some banter, friendly banter that we had back and forth because, you know, as linebackers, that's what, that's what it's all about. It's high school football players in general. That's what it's all about. It's all about that competition and, you know, all about making each other better. But, you know, he had reached out and was talking to me about something I had said. He was fact-checking fact me about a game that we had lost in high school. And, you know, we ended up chopping it up. And I said, hey, man, just come on the show. And, you know, we, we had a great conversation, you know, and that – that's, you know, when it comes to Akeem, here's the thing about Akeem Hebron. I will always think about him when, it, when it's time to level up and step up in life, all right? Every time I give a workshop, every time I, I'm talking to high school kids, high school athletes or high school coaches or anybody in that youth slash high school sports world, and I, uh, it's always as a public speaker, as a speaker, it's important that you give your background, but you don't want to take too much of their time, especially if you're speaking, right? You don't want to take too much of their time talking about yourself. You want to give a story, give a story that they can relate to, that they can relate to as an audience, but you got to tell that story in a very precise way. You can't spend over three, maybe four to five minutes telling your story, giving your background before you get to why the audience needs to be listening, get into entertaining and informing slash entertaining and informing an audience. That's one of the things that you learn when you are regular, when you do as much public speaking as I do, right? So whenever I go and I speak, whenever I go and I speak, particularly to high, to high schools or whether it's college, or high schools or high school coaches or high school students or high school athletes, I always tell this story, always tell the story. That, that I always tell this story about how when I played linebacker at Good Council, I played linebacker in my junior, my senior, I was on varsity. And both of those years, both of those years, I played next to two first-team All-Americans. The first one was Akeem. The second one was Jelani Jenkins, right? So it, it was always interesting. It was always something, especially that first year, right? Especially that first year when I was a junior. It was a junior because my sister – my sister worked as a physical therapist. She was in college and she worked as a physical therapist. And my junior year, I had to work. I'm going to talk a little bit about this in a, in a second, but I had to work to getting to that starting position. I didn't, I wasn't expected to start right away, right? There was another linebacker and I had to earn that starting spot, start that starting spot through two a days, through camp, through, you know, showing up in games and things like that. And I did eventually earn the starting spot, but it would always be interesting because my sister would work at a physical therapy office and they knew high school football. They were all in that. I actually, the founder of James EJ, EJ or something like that. I, the name of the physical therapy center is slipping out of my mind, but I know they had good ties with Damascus and Damascus was in Montgomery County. It was around, I know that they really, really, really knew Akeem Hebron because Akeem Hebron played for Montgomery Village and there was a there was a lot of a great great robberies and these are county kids Montgomery County kids right so but anyway when my sister would tell people that her brother her little brother played played linebacker at good council they would always ask oh my god is he Akeem is he a king? <laughs> you know, my sister would always come home and say, you know, you know, every time I tell people about that, they always ask, oh, my God, is he a king? Because the king had, you know, offers. He was, again, first team All-American. Right. So I got referred to they, that office, that physical therapy office actually gave me the nickname, granted me the nickname 
the other linebacker. Right? So I was always referred to as the other linebacker. Now, like I said, I always tell that story whenever I give live speeches in in the high school atmosphere, the youth coaches, the youth high school football, whatever, or just whether it's youth or high school, the people that are really heavily involved in that world. And I'm given, I'm asked, I'm tasked with giving a speech to them. I always start out with that story. Not because, not because so much I want to give them my bio. Yes, that's part of it. But truly, when I'm public speaking or when I'm going and giving a speech, I need a team with me. You know, I want to mentally, for me personally, I need to mentally put my two dogs, my like my two dogs, my my main, like again, I have a lot of great teammates, but the ones that really have taught me what competition is all about is my guy, Akeem Hebron, and my guy, Jelani Jenkins. But more so, particularly, the reason, not to say that, you know, I don't, I don't value Jelani, but I value Akeem just a tad more because Akeem, that was his role. I was supposed to be the mentor for Jelani because Jelani, and by the way, Jelani's been on this show as well. His the episode is titled More Than an Athlete in all caps. But I was older. I was older than Jelani. I was two years older than Jelani, and it was supposed to be my job to be his mentor. So whenever I'm giving public speeches and giving speeches, you know, I think more so about having Akeem right there with me, you know, and it gives me the confidence to move about and talk about my speeches and talk about whatever it is I'm going to talk about and inform and entertain the audience that has come out to listen to me speak. So today, you know, I want to, I want to reflect, I'm going to reflect a lot about my perspective on Akeem and how much he's meant to me and what I want you guys as an audience to listen to. I want you guys to understand First and foremost, our, our time is not, is, is not unlimited. Our time is not unlimited, all right? You never know when your day is going to come. It, it, it knows no age, all right? And it's as tragic and as unfortunate as this, this death is. Please let it be a reminder to make sure you're living out your truth and you're doing everything, everything in your power to give, to 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 be a part of something you believe in, to be a part of something you believe in, to be a part of something you believe in. Do not waste any time on this earth doing things that you don't want to do or that you know are not a part of your calling, all right? That's number one, number one. Number two, how special the bond is when we're talking about high school football, how special and how much it can change a person's life. Understand this, understand. I want to be very clear when I tell you this. This was my life. Good counsel football was the only thing I had to cling to. My grades sucked. I, I athletically, if I was like talking about just pure athleticism, played no other sport, right? I was not, I, I was a black kid, so I didn't have too many friends. I was, came from the public school system, so I didn't have friends that I knew when I went to good counsel. The only thing I had was this program, and more specifically, the only thing I knew I was actually good at was being a linebacker. I didn't play any other position. All right. So this not only was the program special for me, but this particular position is where I found my identity and where I found my acceptance. All right. So, and I gotta, I gotta tell you when I first heard about Akeem, I, I didn't actually meet him until we started school. We started class until we had ended up being, we actually ended up being the, the only two black kids in Mr. Howe's history class. And Mr. Howe, I believe now 
is the athletic director Edgar Council, right? So I remember that summer. It was during that summer. I, re I remember I was watching a practice. This is where I, actually when I first met Coach Malloy. This is when I first met Coach Malloy. And I went and I watched a summer workout after school. It was like at the end of the summer, I knew I was, I was going there and all that stuff. And I went and watched a summer workout. Yeah, yeah. I remember I watched the summer workout with them. And I had a one of the dads, one of the dads. So one of the, the people, one of the people before me that went to get counsel that played for the White Oak Warriors, his name was Mike Smith. He only was there for his freshman year. So I remember actually watching a practice, watching a practice and Mike's dad, the reason I knew Mike's dad is because he coached, he coached me when I was with the White Oak Warriors, right? So we called him Smitty, Coach Smitty. Instead of saying Mike Smith, we would call him Smitty, right? So Coach Smitty, Coach Smitty and I were there watching the good council practice, and I'm still just a young eighth grade. I believe I was either eighth or seventh grade, and I knew, you know, I knew this is where I wanted to go. So I'm watching their practice and all that kind of stuff, because especially knowing that Mike was there, you know, me and Mike were, were teammates at White Oak, like I mentioned. And I, I remember actually when we were watching practice, when we were watching practice, me and Smitty watching practice, and he pointed a Akeem out. He pointed Akeem out. This was like my first impression of Akeem. The first time I've ever even heard about who he was, right? He pointed Akeem out. He goes, you see that guy right there with the dreads? I mean, not the dreads, the braids. You see that dude with the braids? He used to play for Montgomery Village. <laughs> he looks at me, he goes, he used to play for Montgomery Village, right? And just so for those of you who don't know, Montgomery Village was one of the rival youth programs to the White Oak Warriors. It was us and them every single year. We didn't like those Montgomery Village Chiefs. We did not. You know, we are the White Oak Warriors. They're the Montgomery Village Chiefs. There was a, a huge rivalry between the two of us. Huge rivalry. All right. So he, he points him out. He points to Kima. He goes, he used to play for, he used to play for the Montgomery Village Chiefs. He used to play for MV. We used to call him MV. Call it MV. Right. And then he, it's funny as hell because he looked at me, you know, Smitty looks at me. He goes, look, he tried to take your damn head off. That boy, bad boy, that boy's a dog. And, you know, ever since that, because that was my first impression to get, I'm coming in as a linebacker at some point hoping to take this over. And they got a cat like a key where my coaches are telling me, he tried to take your damn head off, dog. He'll try to take your head off. He is a baller, a straight up, player now again coaches say that about a lot of dudes i want to see it myself this is the competitor in me coming out now i want to see it myself like all right coach whatever we'll, we'll see what's up we'll see what's up right so by the time so by the time so that was that was it that was my first impression of him so by by the time school started you know he was a year older than me so he was a sophomore but he transferred in from he transferred in from Watkins Mill, which was a public school. And like he said in the episode, if you go back and listen to the episode, he had transferred in because the guys, the, the guys that he had planned on playing with at Watkins Mill, they were all ineligible. They were all not eligible at all. So he was the only one that was eligible, yet his boys that they had made a pact to play together, his boys, they didn't, they didn't make grades. So eventually, essentially, that's what made him decide to come to good counsel, right? So I remember actually being in history class. So we're in history class. And like I said, we, we are the only two black kids in the class, which is common at Good County. You know, this, this is a predominantly Caucasian school. And especially if you're a young black athlete, particularly a black male athlete, the, the mental adjustments, the culture shock that you experience 
It's something that you have to deal with, but you have to learn it, it. The growth, the growth that happens from that is incredible. It's incredible because you, you, you're able to understand that white, black, blue, green, Hispanic, yellow, Asian, doesn't matter. Everyone has a fundamental thing, fundamental truth. And we are all fundamentally the same in terms of us wanting to be happy. That's it. You know, again, all the race issues and all that kind of stuff, eventually you're able to outgrow that because of the culture shock that you go through initially when you're young, right? Young 14 year old kid going through this culture shock, right? So eventually we gravitated towards each other because we were the only black kids in class, right? There, I remember actually there was a time that I think we had a sub or something like that. And it was kind of just, you know, do what you want and we vent and that he, because he was the only sophomore in class, he was eventually kind of drawn to me. And we ended up talking a lot during that class because we were the only two black kids. And again, my freshman year, I was having a rough, rough go around. So that that's how we were able to just connect, right? So I'll never forget it. I'll never forget when the, the banter and kind of the competition officially started with me and him, because at this point I had heard so much about him. He was already getting college offers. He was already getting, he was already getting people, you know, call, he, I believe I yeah, his sophomore year, he got an offer from UConn. I remember he was actually getting college offers already as a sophomore, right? So I looked at him and I was like, yeah, so I heard you played for MV. He goes, yeah. <laughs> then I was like, yeah, I played for White Oak. And then if, if, there was sort of a pause. It was a pause. You know, it was a, a subtle pause in his face. And he looks at me, he goes, we punished y'all. <laughs> you know, the, the, the competition started right there. It's like, we punished y'all. What's up? You know, we ain't talking that. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. You know, y'all never actually be. I mean, and truth is, his team, his team was older. So that team probably did punish the white, of course, whatever. But the bottom line is there was immediately that competition, immediately that competition. And I, I remember actually also that year, that year happened to be the year, this was 2004, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, 2004. So that year, the White Oak Warriors, like the older kids, the, the White Oak Warriors actually won. No, 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 it was the next year, right? It was the next year. It was the next year when I was playing JV because it was my sophomore year, his junior year. It was the next year when the White Oak Warriors won the whole Pop Warner thing and we played on ESPN and, you know, did the whole thing and we got national notoriety, right? And I remember going to him and he was like, hey, you, you catch that ESPN? You catch that ESPN championship? <laughs> you know, I, I, call, I called him in school. And I was like, it's like first, it was like at the beginning of school. I was like, hey, you catch that ESPN championship? You see what we're about? You see what we're about? What's up? And then uh, I remember he's like, yeah, I saw that shit. And then he walked downstairs and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, he pops back up. He goes, yo, fuck that. Listen, you know, if MV would have been in that Pop Warner, if we would have moved to Pop Warner, we would have won that shit too. <laughs> and then he was done. You know what I'm saying? So it was all, it was that, that competitive spirit that really taught me. Because what he didn't realize he was doing at the time, because he was so big time and he was willing to talk to, to someone like me who was a JV player, he was teaching me, even in that competition mode, this is what it takes. You got to be ready to compete all the time, all the time. So that was my sophomore year, right? So the end of my sophomore year, I got moved up to varsity to be for the playoffs. Once the JV season ended, with the undefeated, by the way, I should say, the undefeated JV season ended, uh, we moved up. I was one of the few players that actually moved up and did the playoffs with the varsity guys and and this was before so because it was my sophomore year it was before Jelani actually 
got to the school. He he wasn't enrolled yet. He was still in eighth grade. So I was actually the only the only underclassman that got moved up in the at the linebacker position. This is why I tell you, you know, the the position of good count, the position of good count of linebacker at good counsel specifically is very, very special to me. And it's something that I will always hold very near and dear to my heart because it gave me the identity. It gave me something to be. I was actually somebody in this place in which I was continuously and continuously and continuously ignored. I was always the shy reserve kid, but this being a linebacker at good counsel is what gave me the identity. All right. So I get moved up and the, you know, again, I, I meet, I get an opportunity to see the way Akeem practices and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, I start to become ingrained in the culture, right? So the next year, the next year is time for me to go off of varsity. And this is Akeem's senior year, all right? So mentally, I'm ready to roll. Mentally, it's like, all right, this is the standard. Everybody knows who Akeem is. He's, you know, first team All-American. There's a whole assembly about him. I mean, he's got all the press, everything. He's laid out the camera. He's laid out the stage. It's like, Oswald, look. The stage is set, baby. The stage is set. Akeem is setting the stage. It's up to you as an underclassman to come in here and bum rush it and give apps. I mean, play your ass off. Play your motherfucking ass off, right? So I'll, I'll never forget this. I'll never forget because two days I had I had a great camp. I had a great start to my junior year. I had a great camp, and you know, I was working hard. And I remember it was in the middle of camp where I came, where, yeah, I remember at the middle of camp, where it was time when we were in the locker room at the end of practice and uh, Keem went to, he was talking to one of his boys, one of our other teammates, his name is Tyrell Jones. And he was like, hey, Wani might start, bro. Wani might start. He might start. He might take over. He might be that dude. He might be that dude that can play next to me. Now, the thing is, too, the reason it was so special is because we ran a 5-2. We had five down linemen and two linebackers. So everyone knew who that first linebacker was going to be. But that second linebacker position was completely open. And, and I remember actually Coach Malloy, he was bringing in, he actually, there was a, a Pat Lazare, Pat Lazare who ended up playing at West Virginia. He had almost transferred to good counsel. They were, they were bringing dudes in to, to, to see who was going to play with the team. And no one expected it to be Aswan, but guess what? It was Aswan. And I, you know, again, I'll never forget, when I when I officially became the starter, it was during the, the week in which we played the Matha, right? We played the Matha, and we came in came in from practice in the locker room. He goes, look, Aswan, you're starting this week. You're officially the starter. You've officially been named the starter. And, you know, going from when Coach Smitty was telling me about him and going from the, the kind of the friendly banter that we had to seeing this big, all this press and all these coaches around him to hear him of all people tell me, be the first one to tell me, Hey, you're going to be starting this week. That is, I mean, listen, I, I, I don't care what it's, I don't care what the, the press says about him being passing away or anything like that. He's always going to be alive for me. Always going to be alive for me because that he, he's not going anywhere. Certain people that, for me, as one Christian, there's certain people that will never die. And he is one of them. Never. Because mentally, he's oh, he's hearing me right now. He's right here in the Zoom telling me, yeah, you know, pumping me up, telling me, look, it's time for you to step up. It's time for you to do another episode. It's time for you to do that. Because that's what it's like. That's what that feeling is like. All right. Going from sophomore year, going from freshman year to sophomore year, and then trying to, you know, establish yourself on the varsity stage, on varsity level. This is the way. This is the way things work 
And then if you take that principle and you apply it to your professional life, you apply it to the things you want to be as a professional, you, t- you apply it to the, the things you want to be as a husband, you, you apply it to the things that you want to be as a father, you apply it to the things that you just want to be, your legacy and everything. You go back to those moments every single day. And this is why I told you at the beginning, when it comes to, when it comes to me giving speeches and me developing as a, the, the incredible public speaker that you're listening to right now, it goes back to why I tell that story about being the other linebackers because I want to mentally put my, Akeem right there next to me, right there next to me. I know if I miss an assignment, hey, Akeem going to be there. If I'm missing, missing an assignment, he's going to be there. Hey, Wani, hey, relax, man. Come on. You got this. Don't worry about it. All right. On to the next play. That's the kind of man he was. You know, a lot of people are going to talk about the football player, the football player. But like I told you, he was a much better person than he was a player. I'll close you out with a couple examples of that. All right. So once he graduated, it was time for me to step up. I was the senior. I was the captain. I was voted to be the captain by my by my teammates and I was a starting linebacker, I was a starting linebacker. So everyone knew this was Wani's spot and it's like, all right, who's going to be the nice guy coming in? And that was the, the coming out party, I should say, of the great Jelani Jenkins, right? This is why I'd say I played with two All-Americans. Always would be the other linebacker. I don't necessarily have a problem with it because of, you know, I always, I, I love those two more than anything. Right? I love those two. I really do. I love them like brothers because they, they helped me even to this day, when it's time to compete, when it's time to step up, always go back to, to the standard that them two has have held for me or has set for me, right? So we had a we had a practice. And just for those of you who don't know, we went undefeated for the majority of the year until we played the Matha. But we, we had a great, great year. We only lost two games, and those two games were to the Matha. It was a blowout the first time, but it was a really close game the second time we played them. But for the most part, it was a great year because we went undefeated for the majority of the year, right? So I remember it was a practice. It was in the middle of the season. It was a practice. And Coach Gant, you know, we were doing individuals with Coach Gant. Coach, shout out to Coach Gant, who was our linebackers coach. And I remember before he actually started doing the drills, he goes, hey, guys, look, uh, before we start, I had a long drive from New York to Maryland, from, from New York, because I guess he went to New York. I think that's where he's from. But he's uh, had a long drive from New York to here, right? And I had the opportunity to talk to Akeem a little bit, talk to your boy, Akeem Hebron. You guys know him. I talked to Akeem a little bit. And, you know, he, I know, and he kind of says this in a tongue in cheek way. He goes, Look, man, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here trying to talk to him about what, how things are going at Georgia and, you know, how things are going at the collegiate level or whatever. And all he wants to talk about is how you guys are doing. And then to ask me about how you guys are holding up and congratulate you and all that kind of stuff. And he kind of ended it by saying, you know, he, he just wishes everyone well, and he, he congratulates you guys on uh, being undefeated so far. He wanted me to say to you guys, keep going, keep doing what you're doing. And that just gives you an idea of the type of person, the type of person. Again, I don't want to talk too much or, or dwell too much on the football player. There's tons of stuff out there online that you can read about it when it comes to Akeem, the football player. But the person, the person is a person who, who just gave a shit, man gave a shit he was not one of those athletes that becomes so big time that he's not too good to talk to people all right he gave a shit and I can't say that about every single athlete that becomes this larger than life figure becomes this all-american he cared he cared 
He cared so much, cared so much to the point where I remember that year was that year, my senior year, when we played the Matha at home. We played the Matha at home. And for those of you who don't know, the Matha is our main rivalry. You can Google the council versus the Matha and tons of things will come up. It is the greatest rivalry in high school football, period. All right. So I remember that that week or that that they did the night, the Friday night in which we played the Matha. Akeem, who was playing for Georgia at the time, again, this is Athens, Georgia, hours away, flew in. He flew in. He flew in to catch this game. He flew in on a Friday night to catch the game against Good Counsel versus the Math. All right. And not only did he fly in, but he he gave us a speech. He spoke to us a little bit before, after our walkthrough, before the game started. He spoke to us a little bit. And the one thing I remember, the one thing I remember, he goes, look, man, this game means a lot to us. This game means a whole lot. You know, he had been through so many heartbreaking losses in the championship to this team. And he goes, look, this game means a lot. To see you guys is undefeated. To see you guys doing what you're doing. And to, to see that I left the program in, in good hands. And see, you know, young cats stepping up and doing their thing. This program, this thing means a whole lot. And, you know, I, I got to tell you, I, again, I, I encourage you guys to go back and listen to the episode titled from linebacker to fatherhood, where he's speaking for himself. It doesn't have to be just, you don't have to take as one's word for it, but he said, he says it as he grew up. And this was, you know, that was the last time actually that night, in fact, was the last time I actually saw him in person because I, you know, obviously you go your separate way. Oh, no, 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 no. I did see him one time. There was a time when, yeah, because he came back and coached. He came back and coached. A couple of years later, he came back and helped coach and coach the linebackers. And this was around the time. This was around the time, actually. This was around the time, actually, in which I was a scout. I was working as a scout. And I remember, actually, because so what happened, and, and this is another story. So after we, after we did our podcast recording, he and I got a chance to catch up and stuff like that. And he had, he was the assistant coach. He was the assistant linebackers coach at good council. And I remember there was a, there were conversations that he was being approached about being coach Gent's replacement. And he told them, Nope, not going to do it. That that's the kind of like, he's not going to be coach Gent's replacement because, Oh, he's a keem and he could pull in a lot of all Americans coach Gent's the coach. He's the coach that guy there's not one linebacker that came out of good council. And I can't, I can't even think of a time in which there was a linebacker from good council that didn't go D one. And that is all because of coach Gent. So apparently when he was coaching at good council, there was some chatter or there was some broaching about him being coach Gent's replacement. And he, he was actually the man, that shut that conversation down. And that's why coach again continued to do his thing. And you know, they went on win championships, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, it's, it's, I'll close you out with this. I'll just close you out with this again. First and foremost, definitely, definitely. I encourage you to go back and listen to the episode. It's not going down. It's going to be there for eternity. Right. You know, and, and this, this is why the work I do, I take the work I do very, very seriously. And you never know, you know, how special certain things are until you know tragic events happen and all that but the next thing is to understand that when a player when a young more specifically young high school play young high school player is being bombarded is, is getting all this attention is being coming this larger than life this larger than life figure you know this prize recruit that everybody seems to want and can do no wrong Make sure you understand. You pop in this episode and you tell them about Akeem Hebron 
and you tell them about the kind of person that he was because you do not want to let the success in anything, not just athletics, the success in anything go to your head. He is a prime example. He's a prime example of never letting things go into your head, continuing to stay humble, continuing to be a great person. And by guy, I'm telling you right now, it, it may be, you know, physically may physically not be here with us anymore, but at that same time, he will never, he will never go anywhere mentally, mentally, he's going to live forever because that is, that is the type of man he was. And when the more and more that comes out with this and the more that you hear, not only myself, but other teammates speak up on his behalf, it will come to, you will come to the realization, look, this man is still alive and he, he's, he's going to be here forever with us. So I want to send my sincere condolences to, to his mother, to his family, to his loved ones, especially his young boys. If, if you ever get a chance to hear this, man, look, I am one call away, one message away, very discoverable, very findable. You know, your father, your father put out a hell of an effort and I'm here. I'm, I'm here to lend my helping hand and support and whatever it is you need. I'm sure myself and all of his teammates were here to lend a helping hand in whatever it is you need in life. So just continue to take it day by day. All right. It is our job. It is our obligation as teammates, as brothers, as, as, as folks who have grown up in this business or grown up through this game to make sure, make sure we leave it better than we had it. And, you know, again, continuing to honor him, continuing to tell these stories is how we make it so we how we make it so his death does not just go in vain his death means something his passing away means that we're we're sprouting seeds and we're, we're watering seeds for the next great athlete the next great athlete not just the next great athlete the next great young person to to do even better things and to nourish that mind to nourish that mindset all right so again sincere condolences keen bro Love you. I know you're here with me. I know you're not going nowhere. You're going to be the yeah, same dude pushing, talking about we punish y'all and all that. You know, you're always going to be there pushing me. And and this is just a, you know, we'll, we'll see you later. It's never a goodbye. We'll see you later, bro. Love you, man. Fellow teammates, continue to move swiftly. We will talk more soon. God has a plan, and the Bible unfolds that wonderful plan through the message of prophecy. God sent Jesus into this world to be our Savior, and that Christ is returning someday soon to unfold the wonderful plan of eternity for my life and your life. As long as we cooperate with God by accepting Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior. My family tree consists of drug dealers, thugs, and killers. Struggling, known to hustle, screaming, fuck they feelings. I got advice from my father, all he told me was this Nigga, get off your ass if you plan to be rich. There's 10 rules to the game, but I'll share with you too. No, niggas gon' hate you for whatever you do Now rule one, get your cash on M.O.B. That's money over bitches cause they breed envy 
Now rule two is a hard one. Watch for phonies. Keep your enemies close, nigga. Watch your homies. It seemed a little unimportant when he told me I smile. Picture jewels being handed to an innocent child. I never knew in my lifetime I lived by these rules. Initiated as an outlaw, studying rules. Now Papa ain't around, so I gotta recall. I'll come to grips with being written on my enemies' walls. Promise if I have a seat, I'm a god and right. Dear Lord, don't let me die tonight. I got words for my comrades. Listen and learn. Ain't nothing free. Give back what you earn. No doubt. Getting high in the motherfucker. Bless me, please. This third life will be the death of me. Come on. I remember what my papa told me Remember what my papa told me Blasphemy Now for them I'm still in the name of the Lord Them I tell them I'm spying on them I remember what my papa told me In the name of the Lord Same thing while the people in the ghetto we probably in hell already Our dumb ass is not knowing Everybody kissing ass to go to heaven ain't going Put my soul on it I'm fighting devil niggas daily Plus the media be crucifying brother severely Tell me I ain't God son Nigga mama virgin We got a dick that had to lead the birds Back in the ghetto doing wild shit Looking at the sun don't pay Criminal mind all the time Wait for judgment day They say Moses split the Red Sea I split the blunt and rolled the fat when I'm deadly Babylon beware Coming for the pharaoh's kids Retaliation making legends off the shit we did Still bullshitting niggas in Jerusalem Waiting for signs God coming, she just taking her time <laughs> Living by the now while the water flow I'm contemplating plots, wonder where the thought to go Brothers getting shot, coming back, resurrected Is this that raw shit, nigga, check it Can I remember what my papa told me? Remember what my papa told me? Blasphemy Not for them, I'm still in the name of the Lord Them I tell no fly, hold them, I'm in the cloud You in the name of the Lord I know he a liar. Have you ever seen a crackhead? That's eternal fire. Why you got these kids' minds thinking that they're evil? Why the freaking be a freaky? You say honor God's people. Should we cry when the Pope die? My request, we should cry if they cry when we bury Malcolm X. Mama, tell me, am I wrong? Is God just another cop waiting to beat my ass if I don't go pop? Memories of a past time, giving up cash to the leaders, knowing damn well they ain't gonna feed us. In my brain, how can you explain Thomas BC? It's far enough to live now in these times of grief. They say Jesus is a common man, but he's understand times in this crime land. My third nation, do what you gotta do, but know you gotta change. Try to find a way to make it out the game. I leave this and hope God can see my heart is pure. It's heaven, just another door. I leave this here. I leave this and hope God see my heart is pure. It's heaven, just another door. And my people say, Not for them, I'm still in the name of the Lord. Them I tell no fly, but all them I put in the cloud. Use in the name of the Lord in vain. While the people in the ghetto, them feel no pain. Not for them, I'm still in the name of the Lord. Them I tell no fly, but all them I put in the cloud. Use in the name of the Lord in vain. While the people in the ghetto, feel no pain. Not for them, I'm still in the name of the Lord. Them I tell no fly, but all them I put in the cloud. Use in the name of the Lord in vain. While the people in the ghetto, feel no pain. Not for them, I'm still in the name of the Lord. Them I tell no fly, but them I put in the cloud. Use in the name of the Lord in vain. While the people in the ghetto. Feel nothing.